um, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11. Hebrews 5, 11. Um, I'll uh, just start with Mike's joke this morning. This is the sermon about coffee because he brews. <laughs> like I said, Mike's joke, not mine. Verse 11. About this, we have much to say. So we're in the middle of Hebrew. So uh, this being the awesome stuff about Jesus and Melchizedek in the heavenly temple that's about to come after this. So he's prepping them about this. We have much to say. And it is hard to explain. Agree. Okay. If you've read through Hebrews 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Agree. The reason it's hard to explain, though, is because you have become dull of hearing. Ouch. For by this... For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food, for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the work of righteousness, or in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Messiah and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and faith towards God and of instruction about washings and the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. This is God's basic and elementary word. And I know the author says, let us not lay that foundation again, but we're going to lay that foundation again. Okay, We're, we're moving into a, a new building. Um, the plan is February 19th. Okay, so that's the plan. February 12th would be our last Sunday here. That will be a combined service. Um, with a fundraiser lunch after, and, and that'll be a happy... Because we want to milk the Baptists for the last of their money before, before we leave. Um, so that's the plan. We'll be scheduling different work days, different cleaning days, all, different moving days as you know as we get closer to that. So we'll, we'll try and communicate that the best that we can. But we're, it's, it's a new thing. It's a new um, season in the life of our church, especially for... Um, our gray hairs, you, I mean, the, like the last five years has just been new and different and, and some good and some bad. And, and it's just it's just new. And so to prepare us for uh, what's new, I want us to spend a few weeks on what's old, what, what should be basic, what the author of Hebrews calls milk, what, what he calls uh, elementary stuff that should be old hat and routine for followers of Jesus, things that we've trained ourselves in uh, by constant practice. OK, so before we do something new, I just want to go back to the basics. And according to the author of Hebrews, the basics are repentance. Okay. <laughs> Trust in God. Wow, this is mind blowing stuff for Christians, right? Okay, instructions about washing. That's new to me. Okay, uh, the laying on of hands. You think you know what that means? I don't think you do. The resurrection of the dead. Basic. 
and eternal judgment. Okay, so some of this will be basic to us. Some of it won't be. And that's fine. What matters is what we do with these things from this day forward. Okay, so if some of this is like, oh, that's so basic. If we're going to be bored for six, five weeks or whatever, you can learn it again. Okay, and if it's not basic, right, if you're just hearing this for the first time, like, holy cow, I've been a believer for this long and I have had no idea or I haven't been a believer for that long. And I'm just learning this. Great. Okay, what matters is what we do with these things. Um, from this day forward, so let's get started. The first basic of discipleship, of following Jesus, verse 6. Let us therefore leave the elementary doctrine of Messiah and go on to maturity, not laying again the first thing, a foundation of repentance from dead works. Okay? So this is first, repenting from dead works. So what are dead works? Easy, they're works that get you dead. Okay? The complete Jewish Bible even translates it this way, turning from works that lead to death. So sin leads to death. Dead works are sins. This is elementary teaching. This is this is basic. This is day one stuff. Adam and Eve rebel against God. They sinned. What happened? They died, right? 900 years later, but but they they died a thousand years later in Noah's day. The whole earth is rebelling against God. The whole earth is sinning. And what happened to them? They all died, you know, minus eight and and the puppies. Okay, and this law of of sin leading to death, right? Romans 8, 2, the law of sin and death, Murphy's law. This is how it happens. The law of sin and death continues um, throughout the Torah. So Numbers 27, 3, Daryl's not here today. We had a good laugh about this guy's name, and now I can't pronounce it. I had to look it up. Um, Zalofadad, you pregnant people, maybe. Zelophadad died. Why? Because of his own sin. Deuteronomy 24. Fathers, you read this this morning. Fathers should not be put to death because of their children, nor children be put to death because of their fathers. Each one shall be put to death for his own sin. Ezekiel 18. The soul who sins shall die. The wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. So that's the, you know, our, our Torah. This is what it's teaching us over and over and over. Sin leads to Death, we move into the uh, apostolic writings, Galatians chapter 6, 7, and 8. This is NLT. I don't normally read this, but I put it here. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful desire will harvest what? Decay and death from that sinful nature. Romans 5, 12, you're familiar. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and then what followed sin? Death through sin. And in this way, death spread to all people. Why? Because all sinned, right? And this is moving ahead too quickly. So like, you deserve to die. I deserve to die and because of our sin. And then the one guy who didn't sin, who didn't deserve to die, he also died. Right? So death is our sin and death. Very, 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 very bad. Okay? Even this one succumbed to it. So sin, dead works, works that lead to Death, Romans six sixteen. you are slaves of the one that you obey, either of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. Romans six twenty three. the wages of sin is death. It's like it's a pattern. <laughs> okay, it's like it's basic and elementary and milk that sin leads to dying. James 1, 14 and 15, sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth what? Death, okay? Basic, elementary, 
sin, the reason we're dying is because of sin. So if sin leads to death and basic to following Jesus is to repent of sin, then we should probably figure out what sin is. That would be helpful, right? You know, like, hey, stay away from cumulus clouds. Well, I should probably learn what the clouds look like so I know to avoid them. Okay, so we should learn what sin is. And second, we should learn what does it mean to repent of sin? Because I actually think there's some confusion about repentance um, in, in uh, hopefully not our church, but in church, in church world, in Christianity. Okay, so that would seem elementary. Let's learn what sin is and what it means to repent of it. So first, what is sin? Sin is breaking God's law that applies to you. Okay, so Gentiles, it's not a sin to wear denim. Doesn't apply to you, okay? Sin is breaking God's laws that applies to you. And good news for us as Gentiles, the New Testament writers, they just throw out these sins uh, in list form so they're real easy to track down, okay? You don't have to, like, search the Torah. They just put them here for you. So Galatians 5, 19 and 21. Uh, the works of the flesh, so fleshly desires that lead to sin, that lead to death, the works of the flesh are evident, right? You should know it. It's not... It's not out there, what are they? Sexual immorality. Did you know that's sin? You know how it leads to death? Okay. Uh, next, moral impurity, because he's writing to Gentiles. He wouldn't be writing them about uh, ritual impurity. Sensuality, which is just a lack of restraint in regard to food, sex, money, passion, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies. And if you hadn't caught on to the Paul's gist here, right, what he's trying to say, he just says, and things like these. Okay, big, big umbrella, things Things like these. So these are sins, right? These are dead works from Hebrews 6. And where do they lead? He keeps writing, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things, get drunk, give themselves to fits of anger, fill in the blank, those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay? Seems like he means it. Seems like Paul could not be any more clear to this church that, hey, this kind of stuff leads to death. It does not lead to eternal life. If you give yourself to these things without repentance, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. You will inherit a lake of fire. Okay? Basic elementary milk. Ephesians 5. But sexual immorality and any impurity, again, moral, or greed should not be heard among you. Right? It shouldn't be named among you. Like if someone heard about these things in, in the Messiah's body, they should be like, what? That doesn't fit. That doesn't make sense. That, that, that doesn't fit. Because the followers of Jesus don't give themselves to these things. Should not be named among you as is proper for the saints. Verse 4. Obscene and foolish talking or crude joking are not suitable. Now guys, I've, I've probably cussed like, I'm 31. I've probably cussed like once a year for 31 years. Or, you know what I mean? Like I'm not, I, I, I'm, my mouth is fairly clean. But I was reading the obscene and foolish talking or crude joking. I was just, where's Brody at? I made a joke at our house this week, and I was like in the middle of studying for this. And I was like, oh my gosh. It was, I mean, it wasn't even that bad, but do I want to toe the line with it? You know what I mean? Like, it, it was pretty funny. <laughs> but it's not suitable, is what he's saying. You know what I mean? It's not, not suitable. These are sins that lead down the same road. Verse 5, for know and recognize this. Every, what does every mean? 
Every, every sexual immoral or impure or greedy person who is an idolater does not have an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Okay? Sin leads to death. You don't inherit the kingdom of God. So verse 6, let no one deceive you with empty arguments or empty um, words, ESV. So empty words in this context would be something akin to, don't let anyone deceive you with, don't worry about it. Sin's not a big deal. In the Old Testament, God has wrath because of the law. But in the New Testament, Jesus gets rid of the law and brings grace, right? Empty words, hot garbage, okay? Hot garbage. Paul says, don't listen to that. Don't be deceived by that. Don't, like... Jesus said, I didn't come to abolish the law. And then Christian preachers, the next sentence say, so here's how he abolished it. Like, no, it's opposite of what he said. Paul says, don't listen to that. Why? Because God's wrath is coming on the disobedient. Why is God's wrath coming? Because of these things. Okay. Like God's not coming to purge the earth with fire because the earth's awesome. Right. It's coming to purge it with fire because it needs cleaned. It needs fixed. It needs healed, which means he's got to get rid of all the stuff that's ruining it, which is sin. Okay, so these things, verse three, sexual deviancy, verse four, an unbridled tongue, verse five, greed and idol worship. God's wrath is coming on these things. And so don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Don't be deceived by empty gas. Okay, don't don't listen to it. First Corinthians six. 9 and 10. And if you haven't figured out, I'm just going to read a whole bunch of Bible verses today because it's elementary, it's basic, it's everywhere. I was talking to Stoney um, Tuesday night. And so we're like, like, so we're five weeks away from moving into the building, you know, uh, Hebrews 6, 3, if the Lord permits. Uh, five weeks away. And so a lot of my day and time and energy has been spent on like, okay. This has got to happen. This has got to happen. And praise God, guys, our building committee has been awesome. And I really haven't had to do a ton of that because they're they're really doing a great job on that. But this week I'm working on it. And Tuesday night, normally I talk to Stoney about the passage that we're in. Generally, well, he makes me food. It's a great arrangement. Okay, um, Stoney made me food, and I'm like, man, I didn't uh, I didn't really get a ton of time uh, today to work on this. But luckily. I don't have to like search for obscure passages to talk about sin and repentance. The whole Bible's full of it. So it's pretty easy. Right? Just open it up. Here they are. First Corinthians six, nine and 10. He says, do you not know? Because they do know, right? Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, women who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers. Don't be deceived. They will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is basic, elementary milk of following Jesus is these things. It's naming them in our own life, okay? Like just because it's stupid to not name them like God doesn't know. Like, oh, you know what? I did not see that in your life. Tell me more about it. No, he sees it all. So just name it, own it and basic to fall in Jesus. Name it, own it and then turn from it. Right. Like it's not it's (laughs) turn from it. Renounce these things in your life. Crucify them. Kill them. Basic elementary milk. He wants to talk about Jesus and Melchizedek and all the whatever. It's crazy, okay? But he's got to bring them back to this stuff first. First Peter 4, 3. Ryan, we read this Wednesday, Tuesday, someday. For the time that, it, that, the time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do. That's past. 
Okay? Once you've heard the word of truth, once you've heard the good news about the resurrection of the dead and the kingdom of God that you can enter by trusting in, in, in Christ's cross, be done with all that stuff. Okay, the time is past for doing what the Gentiles want to do. Living in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and lawless idolatry. That's past. Basic. Okay, so these are sins. Now there's more. I mean, I, we, can, we could open up Leviticus if you want to just <laughs> plow through. These are sins. All right, so, so you get the point. They're dead works, and dead works, they, they lead to death. So... Dead works lead to death. Here's good news. God doesn't want you to die. If I could do a cartwheel, I would. I can't. I can't. Maybe someday. God doesn't want us to die. He wants you to live forever. And so he lovingly, graciously, soberly calls us to repent. Calls us to turn from sins that lead to death. He calls us to stop sinning. And believe the gospel, okay? Wow, I've never heard that before. Stop sinning. Believe the gospel. So Matthew 3, John the Baptist shows up preaching in the wilderness and he says, repent. And everyone says, why? And John says, for the kingdom of heaven. And with it, the day of the Lord and the day of judgment and wrath on sin and unrighteousness is at hand. And everyone said, John, you make a compelling argument. We should turn from sin. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That's why repent for the repent. Why? Because the day of the Lord is coming. Great point, John. We should. We should. Mark one. Jesus steals John's message. Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God, saying the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And everyone said the kingdom of God and the day of the Lord is at hand. What should we do? And Jesus says, repent and believe the gospel. They go, "Okay, sounds like a good idea, Jesus. Wait, no, can you explain it to me? No, they know. Day of the Lord, day of judgment, day of Christ Jesus. Well, they don't know Christ Jesus. Day is coming, so turn from it, okay? Otherwise, it's very bad for you, Peter. Obeying the commission from Jesus sings the same song, Acts 2, 37. When they heard this, this being that they had sinned by killing God's son, but God raised the son, and the son is going to come back and crush the heads of their enemies, and since curse the heads of his enemies, and since they're the ones that killed him, they would be his enemies, unless, okay, unless they repent, okay, they were pierced to the heart when they heard this, and they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what should we do, and Peter replied, keep doing what you're doing, guys, it's great, no, right, not what he said, what do you say, repent, same message, basic, milk, elementary, repent and be baptized, Elementary teaching number three in Hebrews six that we'll do in a couple weeks. Repent and be baptized, each one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? For the forgiveness of your sins, right? Because you need your sin and you need forgiven. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So this is basic to the gospel message, okay? Like there's no announcement of the gospel without repentance. To, to, you you got to have the good news. What's the good news for if you're not a sinner? <laughs> Right? You need, you gotta, they go together. The kingdom is coming, and with it, wrath and judgment on sin. So turn from sin, and you'll inherit eternal life. A, B, C. Easy as one, two, three. Okay? So that sounds good to me. As someone who has sinned, that the gospel is saying, turn from sin, and you'll inherit eternal life, and, and the Lord's giving you ears to hear, it's like, oh, awesome. Because otherwise, I get a lake of fire. But you're telling me, because you love me, 
repent, turn, inherit eternal life, okay? So the, the first basic is repent from works that lead to death. So we know what those works are. So now, what does it look like to actually repent of them? Because here's where I think there uh, is confusion in evangelical world is we've equated saying sorry and asking for forgiveness with repentance, okay? And I think saying sorry and asking for forgiveness is important, but that is not the full scope of what repentance means um, biblically. So we want to be clear on these things because it's milk, it's elementary, it's basic, and our message is going to fall flat and not be effective if we don't actually, calling people to repent, if we don't actually know what repentance is, okay? So what does repentance from dead works mean? It means to stop doing them. I'm very smart. Okay. It means to change. Repentance means to change. There's no entrance into the kingdom of God without repentance. So we're going to deal with this passage later this year, but just quickly here. Matthew 22, which I think Terry's preaching on today, actually. I looked at their bulletin. Matthew 22, Jesus tells this parable of, of a king who's throwing a wedding feast for his son, and he wants the banquet to be full, right? He's just explicit and clear. I want this. This is going to be a rager. Okay, I just want it full. And so the heart, this is the heart of the king. This is the, important to the parable. The king's heart, the king's motive, the king's goal is that when he throws this banquet for his son, it's packed to the brim, Okay. He wants everyone to come in and enjoy the celebration of his son. So verse 10, the servants went out on the road. They gathered everyone they found, both evil and good. And the wedding banquet was filled with guests. So far, so good, right? When the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who was not dressed for a wedding. So he said to him, friend, how did, friend, how did you get in here without wedding clothes? And the man is, is speechless, but come out of the text a little bit into Josh's mind. I think it's possible, he's thinking, I came in without wedding clothes because the servant told me I didn't have to change. Said I could wear what I'd always been wearing, no change necessary. And all I needed to do, actually, something about repeat a little prayer after him. He said I could come in. Then the king told the attendants, tie him up hand and foot, throw him into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Do you see Jesus' point? Entering the kingdom when it comes requires repentance. And repentance, its most basic, most elementary teaching, is actually changing. It's actually going a different direction no matter what the cost. Okay, Wedding clothes are expensive. They, 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 they cost something. In like manner, repentance is costly. It isn't easy. It's warring against what your flesh wants to do. You know what I mean? If it was easy, everyone would do it. It's not easy. It's very hard to, to, to turn from sin and to repent. And there's no inheritance in the kingdom. There's no being welcomed into the wedding feast without repentance. Okay? just want that to be clear. Repentance is more than feeling bad about sin. It's really practical and, and really earthly. It's, it's, it's actual change in what you are doing. So Ezekiel 33. When I tell the wicked person, you will surely die, but he repents of his sin. Okay? So what does Ezekiel say? say repentance is and he does what is just and right and he returns collateral and he makes restitution for what he has stolen and he walks in the statutes of life without committing injustice he will certainly live he will not die why he turned from works that lead to death and turned 
literally, physically, actually to what leads to life. Verse 16, none of the sins he committed will be held against him. He has done what is just and right. He will certainly live. Right? So it's not just like, oh, I'm sorry I did that thing. I feel really bad about the thing that I'm doing. Repentance, Ezekiel says, is stopping doing that and then doing this, right? Going the other way. So so here, John the Baptist, Luke 3, I think this is hilarious. Okay, like the first time I started to read through this and just like, you know what I mean? You guys have been reading your Bible forever and then you like actually read it. You're like... Like our Bible reading group, uh, basically every time we go through the Old Testament, we're reading stuff and we're like, what? Like Genesis 14. Do you guys know what Genesis 14 is about off the top of your head? Probably not. Okay. You've read it a million times. Genesis 14 is Abraham, uh, uh, Lot's family gets attacked by raiders. <laughs> and so Abraham takes 318 of his trained warriors and goes and gets them. Right, it's Lord of the Rings. It's it's uh, Mary and Pippin get taken off by orcs, and so Aragorn and Gimli and Legolas. And Aragorn looks at him and says, "We will not leave our friends to be abandoned. Let's hunt some orc." And they go do it. That's in your Bible, not Aragorn, but Abraham. Genesis four. Anyway, sorry. The point is, you read your Bible, and then you read your Bible. So Luke 3, this is hilarious. Luke 3, he charges them, he says, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Right? John the Baptist, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. The axe is laid to the fruit. Oh, okay. And the crowds asked him, okay, you said bear fruit in keeping with repentance. What shall we do? And he answered them, pray a prayer and say you're sorry. No. It's... What should we do? He says, whoever has two tunics is to share with him who has none. And whoever has food is to do likewise. You know what I mean? Like walk an aisle or something, John? Nope, just stop stealing. (laughs) Okay, verse 12, same thing. Tax collectors, they also came out to be baptized. And they said to him, teacher, what shall we do? And he said to them, pray this prayer. Nope. He says, collect no more than you are authorized to do. Just repentance and bearing fruit and keeping with repentance is practical and concrete. Verse 14, soldiers asked him, what shall we do? And he said to them, pray this prayer. Walk this aisle. Right? John's out there. He's got the organist just as I am without one plea. Right? Over and over and over. No, he says, you guys, to bear fruit and keeping with repentance, don't exhort money from anyone by threats. Or by false accusations. And be content with your wages. Right? Not mystical. Not spiritual. Just like turning. Stopping doing what you were doing. That's against God's law. And, and go another other way. It's as basic and, and practical as possible. In other words. What John says. What Jesus says. What the apostles say. What Ezekiel says. In other words, if you're giving yourself to the these things, right, things like these from those uh, from Paul's writings, stop. I spent 26 minutes saying that. <laughs> stop. What does it mean to rep- well, stop? So theft, you steal something. Right, I'm just going to go through the list here. Not all of it because it's so much. So many sins. If you stole something, repentance would mean to give it back and stop stealing. There's got to be more. Nope. Just (laughs) sexual morality, whether that's digital or physical, sleeping around with your body or with your mind. 
Repentance would not be asking God for forgiveness, though you should do that. Repentance would be to stop looking at the corn and to stop fornicating. Okay? I'm fornicating. I want to repent. What should I do? Stop fornicating. Okay? Drunkenness shows up on every vice list. If you're getting drunk or high or low, there's lots of things you can do, I guess. Repentance would be to what? To stop getting drunk. Okay? Without exception. Okay? To repent from drunkenness means not getting drunk anymore. Well, it's my birthday. It's a Christmas party. It's a New Year's party. It's a funeral. It's summer. (laughs) The time of year determines when I will get drunk. Okay? What if I did that with adultery? My birthday. What about idol worship? That's well, a summer solstice. Josh, I really think you should stop burning incense to Buddha. It's my birthday. What do you? No, repentance happened in, in the heart and mind and mouth. And we've, we've dealt with that before. But the basics of it, the elementary of repentance, the milk is that repentance happens in our deeds. Okay, it's just very clear and very simple. And as a gospel preaching, gospel believing church, we have to be clear on this. Okay, repentance is an actual change. Acts 26, the apostles preached that they should repent and turn to God. How? By performing deeds in keeping with their repentance. Okay, so to unbelievers this morning. Those who have never repented, never even attempted to turn from sin and turn towards God. Here's the message. Repent. Acts 17. Paul preaching to pagans of pagans. In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. Why? For he has set a day when he will judge the world with justice by the man he has appointed. And why should you believe if you're a sinner today? you're an unbeliever today, why should you believe that God means this and he will actually do it? He's given proof of this, the day of the Lord, by, by, to everyone by raising Jesus from the dead. I don't believe in the day of the Lord and the coming judgment on sin if that tomb is still full. But since it's empty, okay? So today, to sinners, God is offering you amnesty. Today, God is inviting you to the wedding and he has even offered to provide a change of clothes if you'll ask. Right? That's <laughs> your sin will lead to judgment and to death. Turning from sin and trusting in Jesus work will lead to life. So choose life. Repent. Turn. So if you have questions and you're an unbeliever today, talk and you're sitting next to a member of Christian Life Church. Ask them. Talk to them. They will tell you what it means to follow Jesus and they'll help you do it. OK. And now to to believers. Don't be deceived by empty words. OK. There, there is a version of. Version of, don't attack me, there's a version of once saved, always saved Christianity in the Midwest and the South that is absolutely deadly. Okay? It's a version of the gospel that told people they could inherit the kingdom without repentance in their heart, mind, mouth, and deeds. So do not be deceived by this. Okay? And, and if you, you know, you've been following Jesus for a long time, the devil doesn't care that you repented in 1980. Okay? He cares what you're doing today. The Lord's the same. Okay, don't be deceived. 1 John 3, verse 7. We'll end with 1 John here. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness 
is righteous. Verse 8, whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. The reason the, the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil, to get rid of those things. No one more born of God makes a practice of sinning. First John 1 John 1.6, if we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and we don't practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Okay? Yeah. So what's the requirement for cleansing? It's walking in the light. It's admitting our darkness, repenting and turning from it. There's no atonement. There's no cleansing without repentance. Okay? Whether in Moses' day, it don't work without repentance. Okay? You can do the bit. You're not cleansed without repentance. Okay? And it's not like we're not going to sin at all. I don't want anyone to hear that today. Okay? I love John Wesley, but we part ways there. Okay? It's not like we're not going to sin at all. That The sacrificial system assumes sin. Right? Like God's not like, I can't believe they sinned. It's like, I know they're going to sin. Here's how they can dwell with me um, again. Okay? The, the system assumes God's people will choose works that lead to death sometimes. And repentance is God's design to bring us back in. Okay? So, verse 8. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. So, I don't want us walking around like, I got it figured out. Okay? We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful, he is just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Again, if we confess our sins. We name those things and turn from them. First John 2, verse 1. Sierra, would you come help us, please? My little children, I am writing you these things so that you may not sin. Right? I hope you guys leave here today saying, I don't want to sin. Okay? But if anyone does sin. Because you do. Right? You do. If anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He himself is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, not only our sins, but for the whole world. So don't be deceived. If anyone makes a practice of sinning, you will not inherit eternal life. Okay? If you make peace with continually, willfully going the way of death, you will die. You, you will not inherit eternal life. But if and when you do sin, John says, expose it to the light, bring it to the advocate and atoning sacrifice, Jesus Christ, the righteous one, and he'll deal with it. Okay? So I just want to be really, 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 really clear on sin and repentance and the gospel today. Okay? Last scripture, 2 Timothy 2.19, let everyone who calls on the name of the Lord... Which, raise your hand if that would be you. Oh, we need to practice regenerate church membership. Raise your hand if you are. Okay. Let everyone who calls on the name of the Lord turn away from wickedness. Okay? So let's today re-up, sign up again, say yes again to turning away from wickedness, following the Lamb wherever He goes. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. For the gospel, for the good news that that promises the resurrection of the dead into everlasting life. God, if we will repent. So we thank you for sending the spirit to us. God, to help us turn. To help us say no to ungodliness. To help us say no to unrighteousness. To help us say yes, God, to, to the way that leads to life. To staying on the narrow path. To entering through the, the narrow door. We ask you for help. 
We ask you for help from the scripture that it's clear to us. We ask you for help from the spirit who empowers us. And we ask you for help in our church, God. God, that, that this is stuff we can just normally talk about. Say, hey, I, I'm, I'm going off the path here. We see someone going, hey, get back on the path. Repent, turn, help us love one another in this way. And God, thank you that if we do sin, when we do sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one, our atoning sacrifice for sin. In the name of Jesus, everyone said, amen. Amen.